Have you ever seen anybody play the game called soccer? Welcome, everyone, to the Yankee Wankers Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio this afternoon by one of my co-hosts, Mr. Clayton McKinney. McCluskey, how you doing this afternoon, bud? I'm not bad. I'm opening up a beer here. It's hot outside, so I just little felt warm. like I needed a cold one. A little warm here in Oklahoma City. Now, the, the third of our Musketeers... Uh, coming back, he needed a vacation from his vacation. Just coming back from the West Coast, Barrett Hartman, uh, we told him that we'd be sure to make fun of him uh, throughout this podcast. So uh, if you're not here, then we're going to throw jabs, right? That's just kind of how the podcast game works, right, Clayton? Exactly. I've been listening to the pods that I haven't been on, and yeah, there's some jabs being thrown. Yeah, we, we definitely gave you a lot of shit about all the lavish vacations that you took, and so uh, it's all probably only uh, you know fair, fair play that uh, we give it to Barrett now. Uh, given that uh, he's just coming off a vacation, just got back into town yesterday and stuff. So, so we'll we'll give Barrett a pass here uh, for the. Uh, I guess what we're going to call this the recap of the group stage of the Euros, right? I guess yeah, that's where we're at. The yeah, un- unofficial halfway point. Hey, Saturday's you know the knockout round, so we'll see how it goes. That's right. So we're down to the final sixteen teams. Only cut eight teams, right? You got twenty four to start with. the uh, The last place finishers in all six groups. Obviously get dropped, and then two of the third-place finishers. And we'll get into all that uh, and take a look at the bracket now that we've got an official bracket. We're in knockout rounds now. We know who's going to be playing whom as we kind of move forward here. But be talking about that, be talking about all the goals that are scored, uh, all the fun matches that we saw throughout the group stages, some surprises, maybe some disappointments as well, right? So we'll get into all that. But before we do so, my friend, as always, we have to show some love to our sponsor, our favorite sports bar, and of course, we are talking about Chalk Sports Bar. 1324 West Memorial Road there in Chisholm Creek Plaza. You can follow Ben and Chad and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. But Clayton, we're in the midst now of our big green Euro giveaway, my friend. And so to date, we've got over 120 entries into the contest now, my fan, my friend. So a lot of people want that big green uh, egg grill, right? So we're going to be giving that away. We'll be drawing out the winner on the final live at Chalk during uh, uh, July, well, July 11th, I believe. Sunday, July 11th is the Euro final. We'll draw out a winner there, but uh, lots of ways that you can get involved, right? So you can go out to Chalk, right? So we have little uh, entry slips that you can fill out there. Uh, you can tweet us, right? You can follow the podcast. You can uh, like like or subscribe to all the things that we're doing out there on social media and we'll tag you. We'll get you into the contest. But the best thing that you can do, go to chalk, take a picture of yourself, you know, enjoying some, some of the fine fare there at chalk, but more importantly, uh, enjoying a Chihuahua cerveza as well. Right. So those beers have been flowing ever since we've been there. I love them. They're pretty good. I mean, you're never, never a loser at chalk. I mean, it's, it's first class all around the best sports bar I've been to. Um, yeah, give it up to chalk. Hands down, bar none, always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Get out there, not too late again. We're at the unofficial halfway point of the Euro 2020 tournament. And uh, again, still plenty of time to get your name in a multitude of ways into the hopper there for the drawing on July 11th during the final. We'll do it at halftime of the final uh, of the European Championships on Sunday afternoon, July 11th. Get out there and enjoy some chalk in the uh, the weeks and days to come. So, well, Clayton, where do we want to start, my friend? So, uh, it's been a action-packed, uh, I've heard a lot of people kind of poo-poo the quality of the footy being played because, hey, look, you know, COVID and, you know, it was a jam-packed schedule kind of coming into it, but I found it to be to be really intriguing. Uh, I, I, I've liked some of the matchups. I've, I've liked a lot of the goals that have been scored. We had some wonder goals. We'll get into yeah. some of those. And then we've had some surprising results as well, but I'll throw it to you, my friend. You know, maybe let, let's start with Group A. You want to start at, start at the top? Let's start with Group A. You know, maybe what stands out to you from that opening group? I mean, Italy, Italy looked really, really good, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nine out of nine points, you can't, you can't go wrong there. Again, they... <laughs> They, I mean, they really didn't play, you know, the quality of teams that they're going to be playing uh, going forward. But, hey, man, they, they, they did their job and got all nine points out of their three games. So you can't complain about their performance. I mean, 
I, I believe that was in Italy too. I believe. Yeah, yeah, they were playing think, in yeah, Rome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're playing mm-hmm. in Rome. But I mean, you can kind of give them a little bit of a leg up there. I mean, they're at home, they're comfortable, and they're just beating the shit out of people. Uh, I mean, however, the last game wasn't as as glamorous uh, against Wales. Wales kind of packed it in, and you know they were. Able to sneak in a goal here and there, but yeah, it, but Wales kind of knew Wales. they were through too, right? So yeah, you know, yeah it, it was, it was yeah, a, they weren't really yeah, yeah. tactical cagey affair to where exactly. both teams knew they were going to make it through at that point. It looked like yeah, yeah. I mean, then Wales kind of a maybe a little bit of a surprise. They, they do have quality on the on the team, but yeah, they beat out uh, Switzerland and Turkey. I mean, Turkey's one of those teams that can be kind of scrappy as well, and Switzerland. I know U.S. and Switzerland had a friendly not too long ago where the U.S. was kind of getting their opportunities on them um, against a decent side they were trying to roll out. But, yeah, I, I, I thought I expected Switzerland to make it through, but Wales came in and, you know, they got the job done and they're able to advance. Yeah, I'm with you. Italy was uh, was definitely the class of that group. And, and no shock there, I think most people expected and, exactly. and picked Italy to win the group. But I don't know if we thought they would look as impressive as they did. Again, those first two matches against Turkey in the opener, especially, and then against Switzerland as well in the second game, they just ran right. And then, again, had things wrapped up against Wells, right? Made a lot of um, – rotated the side, I guess, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, Roberto Mancini did there. And so did just enough. But seven goals scored through those three matches and none allowed. So it's like yeah. that, that's a you're going to win a bunch yeah. of matches whenever you do that. But yeah, uh, taking it to the opposite end of that group, Turkey, uh, over right? They lose all three matches, and a lot of people, and, and maybe even yours truly, had kind of tapped them up. I didn't place any money on them, but a lot of people were picking Turkey as kind of a sexy dark horse pick to make a run in this tournament, and uh, it did not pan out. I mean, they they just kind of got their asses handed to them throughout, which surprising, right? Because they, they've got some talent. Again, kind of a, a younger squad. I think they were maybe the second youngest squad from an average age standpoint, if I'm not mistaken, throughout. You you think about Yamaz up top, and he's 36 years old or whatever uh, the uh, for the striker, but the rest of the team is really, really young, and so maybe a major tournament too soon for that Turkish side, right? I, I would say so. I mean, you, like you said, I mean, the second youngest team there. Definitely have room for improvement. This will probably be a learning lesson for them. You know, obviously going to a big stage um, in these uh, European championships. So, I mean, there is definitely room for improvement, and they could be something that could be contentious uh, later on down the road, possibly the World Cup next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them, give them another year or two of seasoning, and uh, I think that Turkish side will come good. We we were just a little early on them, I think. So, well, well, let's go to Group B, Clayton. And again, no surprise as to the group winner there. Obviously, Belgium wins all three matches. Uh, a very positive goal differential, plus six. We talked about Italy being a plus seven on the goal differential. Very, very impressive. No shock there, but. I mean, I, the, the story of Group B and maybe the story of the tournament thus far, Clayton, we, we've, we've got to go to Denmark and, and mm. talk about Christian Eriksen. And, you know, uh, it, it's been, what, a little over a, a week ago now, I guess, uh, whenever that that scary, scary incident took place there on the field. And, you know, I was texting you guys, you know, yeah. I was like, are you watching this? It's like, yeah. oh, my God, you know, he, he's dead. He's, he's dying on the field. He We're watching on this on national television, and they're showing it. Just the most terrifying, gut-wrenching moment that I can remember watching in a sporting event in a long time, if not ever. But uh, they make it through. They rally around. They get the one win. Three points is all they've got, but it's enough for them to finish second in the group. And now, you know, a lot of people had them pegged as kind of a dark horse to make a run. They kind of have something to rally around in their their fallen comrade, if you will. And so, but man, just a a scary, scary moment. And it seems like we're on the right side of it now. And so, it seems like uh, Christian Eriksen is going to be okay. Again, had a pacemaker or some something along those lines, kind of inserted uh, in uh, shortly there after that incident. But uh, seems like he's on the mend and he's going to be okay, whatever that means going forward, right? Okay, in, in the sense that he still has his life and breathing. Yes. I don't know. If he's oh, going to play another terrifying, game. terrifying. I don't think he's yeah. going to play another game again. Yeah. To be honest, I think he's retired. I mean, he he's had a great career. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, uh, one of those guys that we used to watch in the Premier League playing for Tottenham. Spurs, always, yeah. always one of those guys that can pick out a pass for sure. And you know, it was it was kind of cool to see. You know, his teammates. You know, the ref did. Everyone did a great job of kind of sheltering him and getting getting him attention as soon as possible. And then also the captain on Denmark. Um, I forget. I forget his uh, name. Yeah, Simon Kier, right? Yeah, so Simon yeah, yeah, Kier. yeah. The center half. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of being that uh, that uh, that wall guy there as well, kind of 
helping yeah, out cash for cycle and goal yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. so a lot, a lot of a lot of um, epl guys that we're familiar with a lot of guys you know i mean this guy stepped up when he needed to be stepped up and he he was able to kind of facilitate a lot of the i guess not controversy but a lot of what was happening on the field so i mean he was able to consult his team and you know obviously make it through and you know obviously they're going to make it through um in second here going going into the knockout stages so that's huge for them to rally around especially when that scary uh that scary uh, play happened yeah just absolutely terrifying again I, I i was watching it live and yeah you, just your 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 you can feel the uh, the pit of your stomach just kind of balling up there just saying oh my god am i watching what i'm watching but again seems to have a a happy ending as happy as it quite possibly could be right so certainly could have been much much worse given what uh, the scenes that we saw unfold there on the field but again Denmark going to be a team that the 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 populace I think around the world probably rally around now and again they get a favorable draw they're going to take on Wales yep. right in the first round of the knockout stage and they're on the easier side of the bracket and we'll get into some bracketology here in a moment i don't know if, okay, if i can say that I'm, i'll probably get sued by joe lenardi by saying that but that's okay we don't have any money so he's not getting anything out of it uh, but uh yeah it seems to be on the easier side of the bracket and so there's a pathway for that danish side to make it all the way to the semifinals, i think and then once you get there anything can happen and so uh other teams in that group finland and russia again they both end on three points as well those those three teams all kind of beat up on one another belgium yeah. belgium beat all of them and they all kind of beat up on one another Finland uh, a, a you know a fun story from an underdog standpoint again have, they come back out and, and beat Denmark you know later that evening after the uh, Ericsson events kind of unfolded and so that was kind of a controversial yeah, moment as to whether yeah whether they should have come and played or played the next day earlier that next day but that's their their lone win and then uh you know Russia ends up beating them and uh, and then you know you you in the Denmark obviously ends up beating Russia but you know I don't think that there was a lot of expectations for either Finland or Russia to make it through. Would have been cool for the Finnish side, I think, to make it through. Obviously, you have Puki and uh, some of the other guys that uh, we we follow from an EPL standpoint. But I will say, I texted you guys out, and I think I tweeted it as well, that Finnish home kit, the all-white with the uh, the blue offset cross on it, it one, of, cool. one of the sweeter kits uh, in the tournament. So yeah, Portugal. I have no Finnish blood in me whatsoever, but I may get one of those shirts. I think this summer. So I, I really like those. So Finland made a good account of themselves, right? I, I think they, uh, you know, again the expectations was that they wouldn't move through, but maybe they overperformed a little bit, getting the one result and then being being game in some of the other matches that they had there. But uh, yeah, Belgium and Denmark, the two sides from Group B that move through, obviously from Group A, we talked about it earlier, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland make it through uh, on four points. But let's go to Group C, Clayton, and three teams make it here as well. Again, no shocker, probably as to the group winner, Netherlands get all nine points. They win all three matches, a plus six goal differential. They looked better than probably what most of us thought they would, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, they missed out on the World Cup last year, or not last year, but last cycle. And, I mean, they really responded. I mean, Memphis Depay obviously being that guy up front to kind of spur on their attack. No, they look good. Um, obviously getting the full nine points out of the, all their group stages. But, I mean, again, you have Austria right there and Ukraine. I mean, the rest of them were, if, to be honest, that was a toss-up for two, three, and four. I mean, you could have picked... Maybe not North Macedonia, but they could have sneaked one. It North Macedonia was game though, right? They yeah, were they were entertaining they, to watch. They exactly. didn't like you put eleven behind the ball and just try to block it up. They actually tried to go out and play football. So I, I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, but you know another pod team of mine made it through here in Austria, so that was pretty nice to see. I was rooting for them. They that that I think that match with Ukraine and Austria was kind of back and forth too, and that was really fun to watch from a neutral perspective. But. Um, you know, Austria got it done. They got in second, and now they're advancing. Yep, absolutely right. You, you referenced the pod there. Bomb so we, we had yeah. we had a little uh, uh, kind of a Calcutta auction style format uh, amongst the uh, the Yankee Winkers uh, friends and family uh, the night before. Well, Wednesday night before the tournament began, yep. right? So we did the live pod remote out at Chalk on that Wednesday, Ju- uh, June 9th, uh, and then uh, did a little uh, auction style Calcutta thing uh, uh, amongst our uh, friends and family there. And uh, yeah, you, as you mentioned, you're. You're winning from a rate of return standpoint right now. I'll put it that way. You're not winning from an overall money standpoint, exactly. but uh, uh, you've you've got some uh, you got some skin in the game. So I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, Austria. I, I found them to be 
an interesting side. You know, you think of Austria and you think of uh, 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 David uh, Alaba, you know, their best player there. Right? You think about him playing left back and, and being out on the flanks at Bayern Munich. He's getting older, right? They kind of moved him into a center half. But during those games to where they really needed something to happen after they had lost to, uh, to to the Netherlands in the first game, they kind of moved him into midfield and put him in a more creative role, and it, it tend to, tended to work out for them. And so he is definitely their key man. But you mentioned Baumgartner, right? He got the goal against Ukraine uh, on the last day of Group C to get them the six points that they needed. But Ukraine make it through, right, as yeah. one of those third-place teams, right? They only get the one win against North Macedonia, but the minus-one goal differential is enough to see them go through as one of the four third-place teams. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about this Ukrainian side. I mean, you, you think about the manager, obviously, Andrei Shevchenko, the uh, the great player that he was back in the day. Uh, I, they, they, they get a... Maybe a favorable draw is the right way to put it against Sweden. So. Sweden's look good. We'll yeah. talk about them a little bit uh, uh, more later on, but not one of the powerhouses in the knockout stages. But uh, that's going to be an all uni uh, matchup there the, uh, the the blue and the yellow against Ukraine and Sweden. I'm looking forward to that That'd one. But yes, I, I don't know. I don't want to think about Sweden or uh, Ukraine. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Group C. We're still in Group C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ukraine. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they get past Sweden. We'll uh, we'll see once we get there. But Group D, Clayton. I think that's as Probably what most of our listeners uh, follow uh, the closest and probably the ones that they're most interested in hearing about. England go through as the group winner with seven points, right? They, They beat Croatia. They beat the Czech Republic. And then they get a draw with Scotland, a very defensive English side, right? So the two two games that they win against Croatia and Czech Republic, they win 1-0. It's a nil-nil draw against Scotland. Gareth Southgate, Southgate, excuse me, under a lot of pressure because of this style that he's playing. But, you know, it's effective, right? They haven't given up a goal yet, but they've only scored two goals and they have seven points. You know, your thoughts on the three Lions in their performance through the first three matches of the group stage. I got to be honest. I think they kind of got lucky here. Um, I mean, they just, they haven't looked good at all in any of their games. It feels like they've, they're stuck in like second gear and haven't been able to kind of release those horses down the line. I mean, you have Grealish, you have Rashford, you have Jaden Sancho. Well, Grealish didn't get the start till the yeah, last game, yeah, right? Exactly. So he I mean, starts he the last on, game. He came on against, yeah, against Scotland. I watched that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they just, I mean, they had Raheem Sterling, which probably should have had more goals than. <laughs> <laughs> interesting the that he's, the, he's the leading goal scorer, right? Because exactly. we bag on him for missing so many opportunities. But, in which he's got two, but he probably should have five, right? Yeah, exactly. So and then, matches, well, yeah. then also Harry Kane, completely quiet. Um, I don't know if the transfer talks have gotten into his head at all. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's just not Harry Kane at the moment. I mean, granted, you haven't had kind of the weapons that he's he wants around him to kind of you know get some service into him, but... No, I think England were kind of stagnant in this whole group stage. Yes, they've won their games and they've, you know, haven't conceded any. So, I mean, that's a positive to go forward. But, I mean, coming up against Germany, um, we'll see how that goes. But they didn't look too convincing for me. Um, it, I think if they were in a different group, I think they probably would have been in third. Yeah, and you mentioned that first round of the knockout draw against the second place Germans with the way that the draw was coming out they were always going to get the runner up from group F yep. uh, which is the group of death right and we'll get to that one a little bit later on and it's like well would it have been better to just end in a nil-nil draw against the Czechs let the Czechs win the group and then take take the easier path on paper now again you look at the side of the bracket that England is on and then they can get past the Germans then it's it seems on. like they have a very clear path all the way to the final. It, that final is going to be played in Wembley, yeah, right? So yeah. they're in the heart of London. And so, you know, you're, you're going to have to beat good teams at some point once you get to the knockout round. So you might as well go after a good one uh, to get started. And again, the Germans have had flaws, I think would be the easiest way to describe them. And we'll get to them in a moment. But uh, yeah, you mentioned some of the firepower that isn't exactly firing for the three yeah. lines there. Harry Kane, Obviously, in the news, it, it was mentioned, and I don't know if it's been verified, that Man City had launched a 138 million pound bid for Prince Harold of Kane uh, mm-hmm. against Spurs, which was summarily rejected, if you believe the rags, right? So Daniel Levy digging in, saying he wants 150 at the absolute minimum. Uh, along those lines, too, a guy that's been marginalized, right, from a 
three lines performance standpoint thus far. Jaden Sancho, which yeah. obviously you, you and I are Manchester yeah. United fans. It seems as if Sancho's much anticipated, much ballyhooed uh, uh, return to Manchester. Right, he was on the blue side whenever he was growing up, but uh, seems like that deal is it, imminent. I don't want to jinx saw, it, Clayton, but yeah. I, it seems like it's going to happen. Right. I saw a lot of things in in the news about that. So I mean. Like you said, I want I don't want to jinx it either, but it looks imminent. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Luke Shaw has played well, right? Yep. So and now he he got the start in the last two matches. The, the third one, maybe he got lucky because Ben Chilwell and a couple other guys were in COVID protocol there, and so he was the uh, uh, the resident left back there. But we got to see Harry Maguire in the last game as well. So played well, looked uh, looked healthy. Uh, was obviously very clean, very efficient passing the ball out of the back line, and that's a comfortable left half of the back line pairing there between Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire, given uh, their familiarity at uh, Manchester United. But, yeah, interesting that Raheem Sterling has kind of been the man of the hour for England throughout the group stage and a guy that catches a lot of flack, you know, fair or unfair, right or wrong, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, But, you know, credit to him. I mean, he's he scored he, the two goals. He probably should have had more, but he's he's the difference maker right well, now. Well, right? he's good at getting into space and getting into good positions, and he's fast as shit. I mean, that's, that's still a huge very thing. Quick. But yep. the amount of chances that he's had, and we we will harp on this over and over. I mean, he does put himself in good positions, and it it doesn't surprise me that he's got these two goals um, in, in this tournament to get you know England to get to. Uh, the knockout stage, but again, like I said, England overall probably didn't look like the England that we wanted them to, so it'll be interesting to see their matchup against Germany. I'm I'm interested to see if they kind of, you know, uh, pack it in, kind of keep it cagey, and then kind of counterattack from there. Yeah, you, you knew that the, the footy gods would author it that way, though, because it's not as if the, the English English and the Germans have a uh, history in the knockout rounds in major tournaments, right? So uh, we get another round of it. Uh, should be fun. That'll be on Tuesday afternoon. Again, we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit more about that particular matchup later on in the pod. But let's move on to Group E, Clayton. And I think this was probably the first group uh, from a group winner standpoint, that may have raised some eyebrows, right? And so Sweden ends up winning the group on seven points. They get the initial draw with Spain early on and then dispatch Poland and Slovakia after that. And so credit to them on that front. Spain sputtered, uh, I would say, until the very last match against Slovakia. Again, that 5-0 scoreline probably flattered them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Spain, I don't know if they're any good. Clayton, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they're, like you said, we, we, we were talking about kind of teams that are about a year, two years away. I yep, think I agree. that Spain team is about two years to a year away. Um, got to have a striker. They have no they one score goals, right? Morata, he's, he's got one, but he missed a penalty. And, missed a penalty. Uh, he's just... No confidence. He's right. kind of like that uh, Raheem Sterling type, almost. He gets himself in good positions, but, you know... Should his, score more, His yeah. clinical finishing is dog shit, to say the least, but... No, credit to Sweden for, you know, obviously topping this group. I mean, you look at you look at Poland in fourth. What happened there? Lewandowski doesn't score. Um, and well, he, then, he had a couple goals, just not enough, right? Yeah, so he, I mean, he got the few goals enough, that Poland scored. Saying. Yeah, just not but, nearly enough. But they, yeah, they had no one else. He's a one-man yeah, team. I mean, no one it, else. It's, yeah. it, it's bad. It, I mean, I feel bad for him. Maybe he should change nationalities, but it's kind of too late for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he is a, whenever you you think about it from an international career standpoint, he's towards the end, right? A lot, yeah, of, yeah. A lot of the super-duper stars, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, and we'll get to him. Some of those other guys, you, you throw them, them aside a little bit, but it seems like once a lot of those big-time guys get to the age of 30, you know, their international career, they kind of start hanging up the boots. And uh, obviously Lewandowski's getting close to that, but uh, or in and around the, the the age of 30. But, yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic player. Obviously, the, his his Great club, club side, yeah. you know, Bayern Munich, he, he is, he's surrounded by a, a lot more oh, talent than what he is talent. on that Polish side. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Poland, I mean, it's disappointing. I, I think that that's the only way that, uh, that you can describe them uh, whenever you look at that finish to where – I think a lot of people probably had Spain winning that group and Poland finishing runner-up, and then Sweden maybe competing for one of those few third, you know, four third-place spaces uh, that would have made it to the knockout. But Sweden, I mean, our boy Victor Lindelof, you know, we we got to give him some credit. We give him a lot, a lot of flack from Manchester United standpoint because he seems to give up soft goals. But you looked at that side and you thought – well, where are the goals going to come from, right? So how's exactly. this Swedish side going to score? And, uh, you know, Emil Forsberg, uh, you get the Isaac kid up top who's 
kind of become a sexy, uh, you know, kind of prospect now, right? A lot of the big clubs are allegedly looking at him now, but uh, he's been very silky smooth up top and uh, for the Swedish side. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, we talked about it, Sweden versus Ukraine uh, in that first knockout round. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Sweden, you know, they could they could potentially they could make a dark make a run, run yeah. to the to the semifinals, I right? So yeah, yeah, they yeah. Have they have a favorable bracket, so absolutely, sure. absolutely. But Spain definitely the side uh, that leaves us scratching our head. There controls possession, dominates the passing statistics, but uh, just cannot find a way to put it in the back of the net. So yeah, uh, be interesting to see how they perform. Uh, in their match at the week against Croatia, which we'll, again, we'll preview those here in a moment. But let's go. Group F saved arguably the best for last, Clayton. The group of death, as it was deemed whenever the draws came out, France, the defending World Cup champions, Portugal, the defending Euro champions, and then, oh, by the way, you throw in the Germans. But I'll tell you, the side that almost wrecked shop and was maybe the story of this group, a little hungry, Clayton. So, my goodness, I mean, were they fun to watch? They, They get a point against uh, the, the the French side. We're at the World Cup champions in the second match. They hold Portugal for 85 minutes before the dam kind of broke, and then that 3-0 scoreline kind of flattered Portugal in the opening round. And then I'll be damned if they don't get a point against the Germans and probably yeah. should have won that game, right? Probably, the yeah. Day. I mean, yeah. They, they caught Germany out, that's for sure. They Germany thought they were just going to walk in and get the three points and walk out, but... No man, Hungary came. They they came ready to play, and sure as shit, they gave France a scare as well. So I mean, it, it you got to give credit for them. Probably the most scrappiest team of the tournament by far. But um, no, France doing what France did. Um, they 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 they. I think they won convincingly. Um, obviously, I think they had a couple issues. With teams kind of packing in, you saw that against Germany as well, uh, with Portugal too. But I mean, they find they find ways to score, and that's what you know what they make a. That's how you make a great team. However, they did concede obviously against Portugal, but I mean, you you have two PKs that Ronaldo are gonna that, that Ronaldo is gonna dispatch. So I mean, you got to weigh yeah. that into account th- those so. pk decisions on both sides oh, were s- kind of soft right uh, so, I believe yeah so. yeah both both sides maybe it evens out when it's all said and yeah. done right so but i mean uh, lorice's on um who was that danilo's uh i think that was off the yeah yeah danilo kick, the punch yeah, right so punch. Kind of, i think he, that was he gets warranted. the ball but yeah, man his forearm he, yeah, just, just i mean he clocks danilo yeah. Yeah, i mean crazy that he got up and yeah, continued exactly. i mean it looked like he may have knocked him out so no it was it was kind of i think in this perspective i think portugal is kind of the more disappointing team um and germany i think actually surprised me i i thought they were going to be in like at least a third place position um given that they were getting harpooned in the german media i mean after that france game they were being booed by their own fans so it wasn't it wasn't anything in particular but they they definitely responded after portugal went up on them and they just came back and i thought they were attacking very well to begin that game against Portugal, but they just couldn't put anything in. And then, you know, corner kick leads to, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo tapping it in for an easy one there. So they they, they did respond back, and they were able to kind of make it through this this group uh, kind of unscathed a little bit. But one, one player I wanted to kind of mention on the German team that, you know, I would like to see uh, United pick up was Gosens. Oh, yeah, the left wing back, right? So, Number yeah, 20. He was, he was oh, incredible. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, he's he, been their best player. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Off that, off the left wing there, I mean, mm-hmm. he was making shit happen. I mean, getting on the end of crosses. Well, scored a goal. Scored uh, a goal. Against, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 in the second game against yeah. Portugal. Yeah. And then also, I think, I don't know if he had an assist or two, but he, he definitely he, yeah. he definitely found good positions to set up his team, that's for sure. He's... He was definitely an impressive player to watch. Yeah, I don't know who his agent is, but he's making his agent a lot of money right now. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. I think yeah. he, he plays for maybe Atlanta or Sassuolo. Or it's one of the right. Serie yeah, A yeah, sides, yeah. right? So he's, he's yeah. in the Italian. Yeah, yeah, league, he's but, in uh, Italian. That's right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, definitely a, a very interesting player there. Has played uh, very, very well. And again, you think about that German side, uh, it's been interesting to see Yogi Lowe kind of go to that 3-4-3 formation, right, playing yeah. in the wing backs. And we've seen a lot of, you know, big clubs from the, you know, continental football, right? So you think about the Champions League kind of, switching to three at the back and that's kind of the the new sexy thing right it always used to be four four two and then it feels like a lot of guys went you know four three three and then four two three well, that's one what the German media was talking now about, the like, three oh, four three right yeah, so exactly. yeah yeah so having three at the back is kind of the new sexy trend it feels like but uh yeah germany i i think from a english standpoint 
if I was going to draw one of those three big teams out of that Group F, right, by winning Group D, um, Germany would be the side I'd pick right now because you don't know which one of these teams you're going to get, right? Are you going to get the side that shows up against Portugal and just ran riot? Or are you going to get the side that showed up against France in Hungary that seem very susceptible right. at the back. But, you know, let's talk about France, though. The, the winner of this group, and again, everyone expecting them to win the group. They're the overall favorite to win the tournament, right? Probably the most talented, deepest squad in the entire Euro, entire world right now. So, I mean, you, you throw that in. Five points. It's yep. enough to win the group, Clayton. But, you know, you think about it from an English perspective, which... That's what we do here, right? So at EPL, we're focused on English footy for the most part uh, because that's kind of where we we have our fandom and our focus on. But it it doesn't feel like France is maybe getting an, as much flack as what the English have gotten. And again, they're in a tougher group. Granted, they win the group. Hey, what more do you expect? But it doesn't seem like this French squad has kind of kicked it up beyond second gear either, right? So right, I think there's right. more in the tank here, and maybe they're just pacing themselves, right? Sure, so maybe they're experienced. Sure. No, I mean, the, I mean, you have, obviously, like you said, they have talent for days on that team. I mean, their second team could be anyone's national team easily. Well, your boy Paul, Paul, Paul Pogba has played. Oh, my boy. Yeah, he's so much better our, for the national team. He's so much better for boy, the national Keith. team than he is for Manchester United. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, they have – they yeah, like you said, I think they've been stuck in second gear too. So, you know, Griezmann hasn't been himself. I think ever since he left Athleti, and that's shown up in both the um, club side for Barcelona and kind yep. of the French I national agree. team too. But Mbappe, hey man, like we mentioned this a couple months ago during kind of the Champions League run that he was on, and he's kind of one of those rising stars and. Sure as shit. I mean, he he did put on the show. I mean, he kind of drugged that team out of the dredges a little bit, but he's one of those guys that you'll see, you know, for the national team for a long time to come, and he's going to be one of those next superstars. So, I mean, they can hang their hat on that and find some players to kind of mold around him. But right now, I I think they're just kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're France. We're the World Cup champs. We're, we're just going to skate through. Pacing and, themselves. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pace themselves. Sure as shit, they did. They, I mean, they almost got that scare against Hungary, but they were like they were able to pull out the point and move on. Yep, yep. And, and it was uh, Griezmann. They got that goal right yeah. that, that tied it up uh, in the second half. Their 60th minute, so it's 65th minute, give or take, uh, against Hungary after they went behind uh, against uh, in a very plucky uh, hung- Hungarian side again. Marco Rossi, the Italian manager for Hungary. If nothing else, he's got himself a high-paying job. I mean, Spurs, Spurs are still looking for a manager, yep. Clayton. So yep. they need to go talk to Marco Rossi. I think. I mean, my goodness, that guy—he took a side that was, you know, bereft of talent. I shouldn't say bereft. Comparatively, much, 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 much less talented, and had them competitive in all three matches exactly. against three yep. world powers. So that man, if nothing else, has made himself a shit ton of money here over the last two weeks in the Euros, and good on him. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Seems like a very affable guy and obviously had a long playing career, I believe, in the in Serie A as well. So, yeah, it probably wouldn't be a bad move. Probably some Spurs fans would be uh, very pleased to have him uh, be their new manager as well. So, well, before we get to the knockout rounds, Clayton, let's, let's talk about some stats, right? So maybe, you know, talk about our player of the tournament thus far, if we want to talk about it from a group stage standpoint. Again, still a lot of footy left to be played here, but – at the top of the goal scoring ranks, no surprise, some guy named Cristiano Ronaldo, right? So ties the all-time international record uh, that Derry, uh, the guy from India, I think, right? So it had like the uh, like 109 goals or something like yep. that. But Cristiano Ronaldo ties that with that uh, last goal that he scored um, yesterday afternoon, as we're recording this now, um, against France. That last PK did it against arguably more. T- more talented teams, right? So, yeah. so and you think, you think about it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think his 109 goals probably stacks up there maybe a little bit more uh, than the other guys. But uh, he's he is sole first right now with five goals. And then you have a handful of guys on three goals through three matches. Patrick Schick, which, uh, you know, everyone will remember him from the goal from half – Halfway, right? So from the halfway line against the uh, uh, Scottish side, uh, a crazy goal there. Emil Forsberg, we talked about him earlier, mentioned his name for Sweden. Again, kind of an attacking midfielder there that uh, has been able to put in some goals uh, for that Swedish side. And then Romelu Lukaku, 
obviously a big name there, one of the co-favorites to be the uh, uh, golden boot winner here at the Euros. He's got three goals. Lewandowski, as you remember, uh, you mentioned earlier, again, Poland's out, so he ends on three goals after three matches, but he's done there. And then uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum for yeah. the Netherlands, right? Well, so he's he their leading goal scorer yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in, in The Dumf- Dumfries kid yeah. for, uh, for, for the Netherlands uh, has been very, very good as well, kind of one of those wingbacks uh, out there on the right side as well. I think he's got two goals, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, But, you know, you look on the other side, uh, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, uh, the most assist with three, along with Steven Zuber from Switzerland. Then you get a whole bunch of guys there at two, one of them being Robin Gosens, as you yeah, mentioned, the uh, left wing back for Germany, who's been uh, very, very good. David Alaba uh, for Austria as well. Gareth Bale, obviously a name that we're familiar with. And Kevin De Bruyne yeah. come back in and uh, played well in the two games, right? So he didn't start the first one. Uh, still recovering from those uh, facial fractures that he had in the Champions League final against Chelsea. Uh, but l- let's talk about it. So, through the group stage, Clayton, who would be your player of the tournament thus far? It's easy to pick Ronaldo. He's got the most goals. A lot of those have been PKs, though. Uh, who who kind of stands out to you from an overall play standpoint, bud? It, it's kind of hard to pick on, on this. <laughs> it's still um, early. It's still it early. Really it's true. Is. I mean, yeah. we haven't we haven't seen the true colors come out yet. I don't think as far as kind of what what's going to take to kind of win some of these knockout stage games. But I mean. If I had to pick one, I would say it's probably Lukaku. Um, if, if I'm being honest, I think his 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 prowess, um, being able to kind of shrug people off, being that he's, he's that, really good that that dominating force up top. I mean, shit, I, I don't think most center backs would like to take a hold of him because he usually just shrugs them off anyways. But no, either that or Golsons. I mean, honestly, like yeah. we we talked, we touched great. on him too, and um, I mean, he's been absolutely great just going down that left-hand side for Germany. I mean, it's been fun to watch, uh, especially that Portugal game. It was really fun to watch. Yep. Uh, I really like uh, Manuel Locatelli, uh, the oh. Italian midfielder. He's been very, very, very good, kind of the, the heart of that engine room for a – again, we, we kind of glanced over it. We talked about Italy being like, I mean, they're, they're really good, but they may be better than what we thought. But, yep. you know, maybe we didn't get the, give them enough credit – you know, they ran right in Group A, and they were incredible. But, uh, you know, Locatelli was kind of the heart of that, and and he's looked really, really good. And so, again, I don't know if it's just Group A wasn't as good as maybe we thought they were, and we're, the Italians we're about to find out. shown. But, yeah, you're right, exactly. So, so we're going to find out, but he's been really, really good. Paul Pogba, again, in these, <laughs> these international competitions, it's what makes him such a frustrating figure at Old Trafford because we see what he's able to do on the biggest stage and he can't do it consistently in the Premier League, but he has been some of the passes that he had he, yesterday. I think he thrives in that. He back. was incredible. That kind of that deep lying playmaker. Yeah, he, he, he just likes split that, the defense. But open. he doesn't like to get back on defense. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he, I, he likes to seems sit like back he makes deep and he just makes pick. himself do it whenever he's on the French side. But yeah. you can't convince him to do it over thirty eight weeks right. in the Premier League schedule. It he's, seems like so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he likes to sit deep. You know, with a team that has a lot of possession, and he'll just pick passes out from deep. That's what he likes to do, and that's what he's really good at. Yep. No, I, I agree. And then you, know, you mentioned Romelu Lukaku has been really, really good. Uh, I can't argue with you there. But, the, yeah, Denzel Dumfries for, for Holland, for, for the Netherlands, I mean, he has been really – if if he, he is the right-sided counterpart to your Robin Gosens for, for Germany, yeah. right? So you put those guys on the same team, and, my goodness, you got yeah, a couple of wingbacks go. uh, that you can uh, change the game with there. Those guys are incredible. So, yeah, guys that uh, have definitely stood out through the uh, the first three matches here over the uh, the last two weeks or so. So, well, well, let's get into the bracket here, Clayton. So it's set. We're down to the final 16. You look at the, as we're looking at it here on the image that we have up on the big screen while we're recording this podcast, the left side of the bracket, bud, seems to be a little heavy, heavier from a weighting standpoint than the right side of the bracket. And as you see on the left side of the bracket, we'll describe it to you here. You start at the top left, you've got Belgium versus Portugal in an absolute heavyweight matchup. I mean, that one's going to be so much fun. Can't wait for that. You drop down to the next tier. You've got uh, Italy against uh, Austria, I believe, Uh, and that one's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, the Italians are going to be favored in that one. That one's on Saturday afternoon, June 26th. You drop down from there, uh, and you have France and the Swiss. Again, 
should be a relatively easy draw for the French side there. They mm-hmm. should progress. And then maybe the most intriguing matchup on this side of the bracket, Clayton, and I want to start with this one from a, from a preview standpoint, Spain versus Croatia. And again, we talked about Spain limping through uh, that Group E qualification. Again, Sweden wins the group. Spain moves through as the runner-up. Croatia, we know that they're a crafty side, right? So last time we checked on them in a major tournament, right? So they were in the World Cup final against France, right? And so fell there 4-2. A lot of the same guys still on that side. They lost a few of the older guys there. But, you know, it's it's all about Luka Modric uh, from a Croatian standpoint. But I'm going to go ahead and maybe pick a slight upset here. I like the Croatians to upset Spain in this one. And maybe it's not an upset. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's an upset. Okay. I think, okay. I mean, obviously given the experience that they had, um, and then you had Ivan Perisic too, you know, making some plays here and there. And so then Rebic also, out there on yeah, the wings and uh, stuff. Yep, yep. Luka mm-hmm. Modric. Um, yeah, I would take Croatia all day over this matchup. Maybe not, maybe not like a couple of years ago, but, yep. you know, obviously right now it's definitely um, a favorite for Croatia. Yeah, Spain, Spain and Germany, two teams that you just you don't know which one's going to show up, exactly. right? So it's hard to kind of you know rely upon them now that you know this is squeaky bum time, right? So yeah. as uh, Sir Alex would uh, would describe it. So now now everything kind of gets ratcheted up a little bit from an intensity standpoint uh, and from a nerve standpoint. So I'm with you. I think Croatia still on the back end of that cycle. I think this may be the last major tournament that the uh, Croatians are really really competitive. But I like them to beat Spain as well. But let's. Let's go up back up to the top, right? So, and again, maybe the heavyweight matchup of this bracket back at the opposite end, Belgium against Portugal. Again, Belgium's going to be the favorite here, despite the fact that Portugal Portugal has Cristiano Ronaldo and a lot of other names, Bruno Fernandes, uh, Diogo Jota, uh, got a lot of guys that the EPL fans will know and love. But Belgium, number one ranking in the world in the FIFA standings, and they've got it for a reason. But is this a potential upset or slip up for the red devils that is from belgium not to manchester united of course um no i don't think so i mean you, you got to look Tough at you're how, off of portugal right yeah. so it's like damn portugal i mean so you look at the teams in their group and it's like oh yeah now you gotta go play belgium the yeah, first yeah. knockout I round's mean, like shit are you kidding me i i think for this very reason their defense portugal's defense has looked very shaky at times yeah pepe Extremely. 40 years old right yeah, so well, ruben I mean, diaz is there ruben and then diaz is there but font jose font is the only other center half they have yeah, and hell I he's mean, 45 years old well that's what i'm saying they they look they looked all sixes and sevens against yeah. uh germany so i mean I, it's kind of where i give belgium the advantage and obviously they have the players to punish them so i, I don't see this being an upset at all i think Ger- I, I don't think it's going to be as a High-scoring game, as we've seen, but I can see Belgium getting out of there 2-0. Yep, I'm with you. I, I think the Belgians, too much firepower. And, again, you know, you have Cristiano Ronaldo up top. You have a lot of attacking prowess, uh, creative uh, midfielders that can unlock that. But, uh, yeah, I think this one will be really entertaining, right? And you talk be. about you get these two big supersides play. You know, is it going to be nil-nil? Is it going to be cagey? I don't think it will. I think this one might be like 4-2 or something. Yeah. This one's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I think Belgium, too strong, too deep, and just too much attacking firepower. And I think Portugal, as you mentioned, little little shaky at the back. I think whenever you look at that back four as a collective, although Rui Patricio, the goalkeeper, He's been great. Oh, so yeah. he, he's he's we think about him His playing saves against Wolves, France, right? So from an EPL standpoint, he's uh, he's definitely one of the top top keepers in the world right now. He was great. But let's drop down. The assuming Belgium wins, as we've predicted here, they'll take on the winner of the Italy and Austria matchup. Clayton, and this is one of them that's on Saturday afternoon. So this will be on ABC National mm-hmm. Primetime Network Television. So that's kind of cool uh, from a European soccer standpoint. But again, we talked about it. Italy looked so, so good in the group stage. Can they keep it going against an Austrian side that, you know, manufactures goals, right? If we were thinking about them from a baseball standpoint, Italy is an American League team with the DH. Austria is a National League team with a pitcher that has to lay down bunts and manufacture runs. Our man Ben Mason will appreciate that analogy. I know he will. <laughs> um, very cla- uh, clash of styles here, I think would be a fair way to put it. Uh, absolutely. Right? I mean, Italy are more, obviously, that f- – free-flowing, kind of do what you want. But they are clinical finishers, we'll be honest there. But as much as I want the upset just for personal reasons, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Italy move on, uh, probably like a 2-1 game. I think Austria will give them 
give them all they want, but I think Italy eventually move on. Yep, I've got this one 2-0 to the Italians as well. Italy just too good right now, playing too well. Again, Roberto Mancini has them playing well, and I know that will bring a smile to the face of our boy Scooter Gers, who is a big uh, Italian fan, but uh, he has them in the uh, Calcutta auction as well. So he'll like that one. Again, setting up another super heavyweight matchup in the quarterfinals, most likely between Belgium and Italy. But even mm. if it's Portugal, Portugal and Italy would be pretty good as well. So that one's going to be a juicy, juicy quarterfinal matchup there. So uh, let's go down uh, the the stay on the left side of the bracket as we're looking at it here. Maybe not quite as sexy of a matchup. France, the overall favorite, going against the Swiss. One of the last teams to sneak <laughs> in from a qualification standpoint here in one of those third-place spots. Any chance whatsoever the Swiss pull the upset here, Clayton, or is this done and dusted? No, this is absolutely done and dusted. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think France wins this one relatively easily. Again, maybe a three nil scoreline yeah, as well. I would say two two nil. I probably. think they may turn things up here. They're, they're gonna they're gonna read their press clippings here over the next few days. You know, before that Monday afternoon game, and say, all right, you people don't think we're nearly as good as what you think we are. We're gonna flip the switch against the Swiss, and uh, yeah, unfortunately. For Switzerland, I think they may bear the brunt of some French frustration uh, with uh, maybe their own press clippings, right? So I, I think they're really, really good. Uh, I think they'll they'll make it through quite easily. Again, we talked about Spain and Croatia. Let's go over to the other side of the bracket, and we'll start at the top and kind of go through the matches here, and then we'll pick uh, the most intriguing to start with. Uh, we mentioned it, the all-uni matchup. Blue and yellow. This is going to be a lot of fun here. Sweden against Ukraine. Again, the winner of Group E against the third-place team in Group C, the Ukrainians. You drop down the three lines. England against Germany. Again, the biggest matchup on that side of the bracket. Uh, You drop down from there, Clayton. You have the Netherlands against the Czech Republic, which I think that one's going to be an intriguing match for sure. And then the bottom end of the bracket, Denmark. Again, I think everyone's a fan favorite right now because of the Christian Eriksen story against Wells and Gareth Bell. Uh, Again, that bottom half of that bracket, I would say looking at it on paper, Clayton, the weakest quadrant of the bracket. But let's start with the biggie, right? England versus Germany. This is the, well, I think the last match of the uh, the knockout stages that we have to wait for on Tuesday. Well, it's the noon game. Okay, yeah, I take game. that back. So Sweden-Ukraine's <laughs> the, uh, the, the later match. So England versus Germany, 11 a.m. Oklahoma time on Tuesday, June 29th. Let's start there. England's going to be a favorite. But you look at the history between these sides, and it's obviously favored the Germans ever since, what, 1966, I believe. So, you know, how does England exercise the demons here? From a cyclical standpoint, whenever you look at these two sides, England's kind of peaking right now. Germany seems to be on a down trough, but starting to build back up. But Yogi Lowe is a, an absolute psycho wild card. No telling what he throws exactly. out there. Gareth Southgate, again, if he gets a lot of criticism, it's because he's too defensive and he's too predictable. Does that come back and bite the English in the ass on Tuesday afternoon? Buddy? It could. I mean, it very well could be. Um, if I was England, I would try to attack, attack, attack. Oh, I hope so. I want to see it. Well, here's the, here's the reason. I mean, that German back line is fleet of foot to say the least they are not fast at all and if you put the likes of Jaden Sancho Rudiger's not exactly. a super fast guy no I mean he's, yeah. I mean you put Gimmel, Sterling yeah. up there too I mean they're they're gonna beat him for pace for sure and that's kind of what I would be planning if I was um if I was England I would be in an attacking shape trying to go at or at Germany and try to nick a couple goals early on just to see what happens but for Germany um Kind of more or less the same. I mean, I think it'll be more of an open game that we're like, though I can see England kind of, you know, obviously playing their defensive shape and kind of making it ugly for Germany and try to counter. That's probably what's going to happen. But if I was Southgate, I would definitely expose that German back line because Austria was able to do it. Everyone else was able to do it in that group. I think England are more than capable of doing that as well. But if I had to go and pick a team here, it would be Germany, just because it's England. <laughs> probably goes to PKs just, and just, uh, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I think it'll. I think it'll. Germans be like find a, a way, right? It'll so. probably be a one-one 
game going up through all the way through PKs, and I think Germany find a way to win it in PKs. Yeah, that's, again, just that's, that's hard to pick. So much history and so much scar tissue from an English standpoint that it's hard not to ignore you know, what's taken place over the last 50 years between these exactly. two sides whenever you think about it and how many times they have met on such a big stage uh, in knockout rounds. But I, I think, you know, it's going to be at Wembley, right? So I do think the English find a way to get through here. Um, you know, I think it's going to be really intriguing, you know, as to, you know, it's kind of a cliche here, but, you know, who Gareth Southgate throws out there from a starting lineup standpoint, you know, Harry Kane has not played well. Yeah. I mean, w- whether he's not played well, but, you know, or maybe it's lack of service. Call it what you will. He has not been influential in Absolutely any of the three not, matches. No. And so, do you make a change? Maybe you throw Marcus Rashford up there, a different type of player, a guy that can kind of run in and get behind. Not to say that Harry Kane can't, but he's more of a guy that kind of comes back and links up play. Um, you know, Rashford, obviously, blazing speed. You think about a guy named uh, Jaden Sancho, right? So, yeah. maybe going to be joining Marcus Rashford at Manchester United here very, very soon. You mentioned Germany's arguably their best player and certainly their most influential player has been that left wing back, Robert Gosen, Robin Gosens, excuse me. You know, how do you peg him back, right? So who do you put over there on that right flank to try to, you know, keep him occupied and not allow him, you know, to roam free down that left flank as he was able to do against the Portuguese, right? So they, they couldn't keep him in check. Mm-hmm. And so how do you keep him in check? I, I think, you know, Raheem Sterling, good, bad, or ugly, He's earned his spot to keep right, it out there exactly. on the left wing, so you can't take him out. Jack Grealish, I think, probably did enough uh, in that match against the Czechs to earn a starting spot there uh, in the uh, center of uh, midfield. Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, I thought those yeah. guys have been really, really good. Um, and then I think for the left back, you know, you're know, you going to have Luke Shaw, probably have Harry Maguire back in there. Uh, Mason Mount should be back Stones. There yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the COVID protocol tired, situation man. is, man. That's so he, he was great in the first game, right? So I, I thought he, he had a lot of influence. He was obviously great in the Champions League final. He's playing really, really well right now. Uh, right back could be interesting. Is it going to be Kyle Walker, right? Who's going to be over there? Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Uh, and then Pickford, I think, is your man in goal. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who he throws out there because you're going to have to do some things to counteract, you know, what, what's been working for Germany. Germany's had a lot of things not working for them, you know, the, the the back line being parts of it again Hummels uh, seems you know he's got the cement boots on right now so he just seems to be stuck in quicksand right well, now so does Yogi Low does he change everything up right again he's kind of a wild card he's kind of weird right so I don't think that there's any uh, any arguments there that he's a weirdo that he comes out with a back four or something right so he right. switches from the back three who knows but uh, yeah it's going to be a lot of tinkering between these two lineups but I I think England finds a way to get through. Uh, and it's not going to be super sexy. I think it's going to be very similar to what the English has done in the group stage. I got it one nil England, mm. uh, but I think that they move on. Uh, and again, I think the winner of this game is probably the favorite for oh, that absolutely. coming out of that side of the bracket, right? So they're definitely on the easier side of the bracket once you get past this game. So, but let's go. Um, let's go the other one. Go down the the bottom half of the bracket. The uh, the top game of that bottom half, Netherlands. In the Czech Republic, again, Netherlands looked incredible in Group C, ran right, won that group very, very easily. The Czechs we saw in in uh, in Group D for the English there, they end up finishing in third place. Um, but, me. you know, I, I think that they've got some firepower, right? So we talked about uh, Patrick Schick, right, with his uh, crazy goal against Scotland, but he scored two others as well that were pretty good. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I believe in the Netherlands just yet despite the fact that they played so well in the group stages. Yeah, I mean, this could be an upset, absolutely. I think it could be, yeah. It could be an upset. Um, I mean, you have Wijnaldum, you have obviously Memphis Depay, and then a couple other youngsters that are coming through. But, I mean, the Czech Republic have scared a lot of people in their group. So, And they were leading it at one point in time. So you can't, you can't brush that off at all. I think this will be a highly contested game. I think the Netherlands are going to have more than they can chew a little bit. So I could see this in an upset. I could see, you know, maybe a Czech 2-1 victory here. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got the Czechs 1-0. Uh, I, I think I think the Czechs find a way to pull off the upset here. I, I think that Group D, you know, we talk about Group F being the group of death, and it's really, really tough, and understandably so. But I think that English group with Croatia and the Czechs in there as well, you know, I, I think that that's a really tough group uh, as well. And so Scotland would certainly uh, uh, agree with us on that point. But, uh, yeah, I think the Czechs pull a mild upset here. I think they're going to win this one. But uh, let's stay on the bottom half. Wells 
against Denmark. Again, we talked about these teams. Gareth Bell and the Welsh side, again, arguably overachieving. Again, they end up finishing runner-up in Group A. That Denmark side that, um, again, had just a terrifying incident with Christian Eriksen there. Everyone's rallying behind them. You know, I think on the on the on the whole of the two sides, I think the Welsh side might be slightly better. I think but I so. think in in tournament play, momentum kind of picks up. And I think the fact that Denmark was able to make it through out of the group stage, perhaps in an improbable fashion, I think they're going to take that momentum. They're going to carry forward. I've got the Danes in this one, but who do you got in this one? Clay? I have Wales for personal okay. reasons. Okay. But I mean, it, I think it'll be a, a good little, game. A little, little jingle on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think we, I, it, it's kind of hard to compare these two groups where they came out of. They're kind of Group A and Group B are kind of the similar um, groups as far in terms of you have one one team that dominated, one yeah, team yeah. that and dominated. Everybody else just, you yeah. had one, yeah, obviously Beat up they're on both each other. superpowers yeah. at their yeah. at their respective sports. Yep, but I agree. Um, you know, I think Wales, I think showed a little bit more. I mean, obviously they got more points out of. Um, than um, uh, Denmark in their group, and I, I it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, Denmark's going to definitely be fired up for this one. They want to kind of make a good run, a good decent run for Christian Eriksen there, but it'll be interesting. Um, for personal reasons, I'm going to pick Wales one zero. Okay, well, I will take the Danes two one in this one. Ooh. So I, I, I think Denmark again. Um, I think they find a way to make it to the semifinal, to be honest with you. I think that I've got them beating the Czechs in the uh, the quarterfinals as well. Again, momentum carries these teams from time to time, right? You think about some of the stories in the past where, you know, obviously nothing along the same lines of what happened to Christian Eriksen, but uh, teams tend to, to rally around something, and uh, and they, they can carry them perhaps a little further than what they should carry on. And, again, I think that southeast quadrant of the bracket, as we're looking at it here, is most certainly the – Weakest side of the bracket here as we're looking at it. But let's go back up to the top. We'll finish again with the all-uni uh, classic matchup here that we talked about earlier. Sweden against Ukraine. Again, Sweden, again, kind of a surprise winner of Group E. Ukraine, again, one of those last teams to make it through from a quali- qualification standpoint, finishing in third in Group C. Who do you have in this blue and yellow matchup? Sweden, again, looked really, really good throughout the group uh, stages. Uh, I like Sweden in yep. this one. Um, I think they're a good they, – obviously, they beat Spain in their group, and they were number one. So, I mean, deservedly so, they are the favorites, and I think they'll move through. Yep, I'm with you. I like the Swedes as well. I got it 1-0. I think yeah, this would be a slightly cagey right. affair, whether it be Isaac or whether it be Emil Forsberg. Somebody next to goal in the second half – uh, and that will be enough. They'll pack up shop from there. But uh, I think both these sides will be somewhat defensive uh, from a nature standpoint. And uh, I think you know England will have to beat the Swedes to make it to the semifinals from that point forward. So it'll be the only game that they don't play at Wembley. If uh, they beat Germany. If they beat Germany. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So, well, Clayton, we're up against the hour mark here, bud. And we talked about it. It's like, hey, well, this is going to be kind of a quickie, right? So we're yeah. just going to talk about the group stage hey, recap fl- and get into it, it. And, man, it just turned out to be an hour uh, by, uh, um, I guess, by luck, right? So we were doing it live, right? So there's no doubt about it. So. I, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. That was Barrett uh, yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, he was just he's just pissed off that he wasn't on the pod this week. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to mark this one explicit, uh, as we often have to do on this podcast after a couple pops while we're recording it. But it was fun nonetheless. I'm looking forward to this week. Bud. So the uh, now that we're to the knockout stages, it kind of feels like we're there, right? So I enjoyed the group stages. I watched an inordinate amount of games. I, I didn't watch every one of them, but uh, oh, it was 30, 36, I think, uh, I right? Wa- so I wish I would have watched ma- uh, Yeah, group stage matches. I, I damn near watched all of them. So I, I got as many of them as I could uh, throughout the last two weeks. But a lot of fun. But now the tournament really begins, as it always does once you get to the knockout stages. So really looking forward uh, to the weekend. And then Monday, Tuesday, we'll be back. Right, we'll do another podcast next Thursday during the break. Right, so they'll get a couple of days off, and we'll preview the quarterfinals, and then obviously what we expect to see in the semifinals before we get to that final weekend, uh, where we'll be giving away a big green egg grill, my friend, at uh, on Sunday, July 11th. There at Chalk. Looking forward to that, and uh, we'll obviously be doing a live podcast 
out at Chalk on July 11th. Should be a lot of fun, bud. So uh, plugs, my friend. So throw them out there. How can our listeners get at you on social media? I know you're out there on Instagram. You're out there on Twitter. Uh, you've been tweeting some funny stuff. Uh, I've saw that out there from a footy humor standpoint. Good I stuff there. How can we get out you, bud? Uh, at McCluskey101, and as Keith mentioned, Twitter and Instagram are those handles. Good stuff, good stuff. And our missing musketeer again tonight, Barrett Hartman. You can catch him out there at Hartman underscore LFC on Twitter. If you want to talk about Liverpool or just footy in general, he's always out there. Give right? him shit so, about Liverpool, Yeah, please. absolutely, just, absolutely. Just so, pile it on him. Yeah, throw it, throw it at him so you can uh, throw all the barbs that you want to at it, and he'll respond. So he's yeah. uh, he definitely checks them, so no That's doubt about it. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. And obviously, you can keep up with everything we're doing at the Sports Pros Network over at fantasysportspros.com or follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that is pros with an E, P R O S E. Enjoy the knockout rounds this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you next Thursday and we'll preview the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Looking forward to it. Cheers. <laughs>